0: Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio, Heal, Empower, and Awaken, with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Greetings and welcome to the second installment in the podcast series, The Transformative Power of Grief. Today's installment is entitled,
1: The blessing of being present to the dying.
0: This is Chris Hargrove, licensed clinical social worker, Sasharti healer, coming to you once again from Poor Flames Healing in Asheville, North Carolina. In the time that I worked in hospice, I was often asked by people, how do you do that? That must be really hard my answer was always no, no it's not hard at all. In fact it's a privilege and a blessing to be in that position. My hope is that by the end of today's podcast you too will see very clearly the blessing that lies in being present to the dying. So if this blessing is there, hidden in this sacred passage, why is it that we shy away from death? Well, it's a result of our cultural conditioning, our cultural beliefs about death. We live in a death-denying culture. We celebrate birth, but ignore death, pretending as if the Book of Life does not have both a front and a back cover. In our culture, we fail to even acknowledge the wisdom of our elders. We celebrate youth, youth, youth above all else. And as a result, we don't have the language to talk about death. And we don't know how to be with the dying. We are all impoverished by this. However, there are simple, practical things that each one of us can do that can create a space around the dying experience that is indeed sacred
1: and one of peace.
0: So the question then becomes, how do we talk to someone who has lost someone they love? How how do we comfort someone through the sacredness of death? Well, the first thing to remember is they are the same person that they were before they received this diagnosis. Treat them that way. Focus on the person, not the illness. The individual will guide you as to the extent to which they may want to talk about whatever symptoms they may be experiencing or the trajectory of their illness. Let them guide you, but treat them as the person that you always knew them to be until they guide you elsewhere. And link to the same divine guiding principles that we all seek to embody, love,
1: compassion, forgiveness, gratitude, acceptance.
0: There is nothing more natural to the human experience than the inevitability of death. We can help create a space for end of life care that is a natural environment. Bring a calm presence into that space with the individual with whom you're present. cannot overstate the gift of just being a calm presence, of being someone who is able to respond but not react. You see, because of our cultural conditioning, most of us are trapped in reaction mode around the subject of death as it triggers our own fear of mortality. And thus, we find ourselves less able to respond with love and empathy and compassion. So it truly is a gift to bring a calm, compassionate presence to companion the dying on their journey and their loved ones. And so then our own work on maintaining our internal balance, what the Buddhists would call equanimity, what the Vedas refer to as sthita pragnata, our own work on ourselves can then create and provide a refuge of solace for the dying and their families and loved ones, a calm center amidst the storm. Again, the profoundly transformative power of this simple act cannot be overstated
1: in my experience.
0: What then do we do with that space when we're providing that calm space? How do we make use of that?
1: Well, we engage with the individual in front of us. In life review.
0: Some might call this reminiscence. Just an exploration of the life this soul has been blessed to lead whatever that review may entail and we bring active, attentive listening to this process. In the clinical world, uh, this symptoms referred to this as listening with our third ear. As the individual is sharing, we provide empathetic reflection, compassionate witness, compassionate companioning, and in so doing we create a safe place of trust for that individual which allows for help with life and relationship closure tasks. The kind of events that can result in unfinished business and interfere with a peaceful passing. That space of trust allows for that type of healing to emerge. A space in which the individual finds that they can ask for forgiveness and they can grant it. A space that allows for reconciliation. And again, all the while remembering that this person in front of you is a whole being, they are more than their disease. And you can see this when you're able to share a smile with that individual, or you see and experience the healing tonic of laughter. So going back to this, this fear of death we have in our culture, the cultural conditioning that we have around death, what's the root of that? Well, the fear of death is the ultimate fear, because of the ultimate identification with the body and the ego. It is the ego itself, the mind, which seeks to create the fear because it fears its own dissolution. When we carry this forward into a clinical setting and an individual is preparing to leave their body. but They've not found peace with the idea of no longer being in the form in which they have been in this human body. Or perhaps they have unfinished business in the areas of life closure tasks and relationship pleasure tasks. In those circumstances, a clinical experience that's referred to as terminal angst, or terminal restlessness can precipitate. I'll give an example. Uh, in my time in hospice, I was able to work with many individuals, of course, from many different life circumstances. One of these individuals uh, was a gentleman who shared with me in the course of our journey together that he had been a Black Ops assassin during the Vietnam era, and he professed his own peace about that, understanding it as simply doing his job, nothing more, nothing less, however as he declined further, it became clear through his body, that in fact no peace had been obtained there. As he became less and less uh, able to interact with the external environment, entering a more non or minimally responsive state, his body became more and more restless and agitated, so that it would appear that he might be in what would seem a deep sleep, or perhaps even a semi-comatose state, and yet, suddenly his body would buck and thrash in the face of an immense amount of opioid medication to control such body reactions. But still, that angst, that restlessness
1: emerged. That was not a peaceful death that was Ashanti, no peace.
0: And we can contrast that with many other experiences I had in hospice with individuals who through their own course had found their peace with their passing or had been able to achieve some sense of reconciliation in some relationships which may have been troubling them. Whatever the case may have been, they had found their way there and their passing was indeed very peaceful with a minimal assist from medication to control any symptoms. And I even had the blessing of witnessing several of these individuals literally die with a smile on their face. So, those are the stakes. Our whole life is a preparation for our death. We can either choose to prepare or we can choose to avoid and find ourselves wholly unprepared
1: at that moment.
0: Now, I also want to share with you an energetic technique that you can bring to the bedside, to the presence of someone with a terminal illness. and This is a prayer uh, which was given to me and I'm happy to share widely, a prayer from the healing tradition, the healing lineage in which I am trained and practice Sai Shakti healing. This prayer is called a prayer for a peaceful passing. And it sounds like this. Om Vuvatsve Maha Nrutanjaya Rakshamam. Om Vuvatsve Maha Rakshamam. Om Vuvatsve Maha-Mrutan-Jaya Prayer for a Peaceful Passing This prayer, uh, the vibrations contained in the the sounds, the seed sounds, the Bhijaksharas are such that they kick out the negativity that can be associated with dying. I had the opportunity to share this blessing with many individuals, many souls in my time in hospice, and I can attest to its power to bring peace, to grant peace. Now, the ideal way to work with this prayer is to, of course, with the individual's permission, gently touch your thumb to their Third eye, the space on the brow in between the two eyes. Your thumb is pointing down, and you're simply repeating the prayer silently to yourself. And you do this for six minutes, and the transmission is complete. However, if you find yourself in a circumstance where that kind of touch transmission does not seem possible or natural, Please, still work with the prayer and just have the intention to be sending that energy through your eyes and through your presence to the person who's in front of you.
1: It can only help.
0: So let's talk now about the blessing. The blessing in being present to the dying. What is that? What is at the heart of that? Well, at the heart of the blessing is the reflection that we can get back from the individuals whom we're intending to serve. That is the real moksha, the real liberation. The mechanism that's operating there is a soul to soul level exchange of energy. In the gratitude that we receive by caring for others, by taking care In that reflection of gratitude and the grace with which it flows, our hearts open further. Literally. If you recall the animated Christmas special, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the great Dr. Seuss story, there's that moment uh, where the Grinch's heart grew ten times its size. It's like that. It's really like that. Our soul grows. Our soul capacity to serve others grows. We literally increase our capacity to serve. Because in taking care of another, we are truly taking care of ourselves. That art thou, the unity of all life. We are here to take care of each other. Compassion is drawn to suffering as a moth is to a flame. Compassion cannot exist in the absence of suffering. My teacher, Sri Kalashwar, uh, was once asked the question, what's the best way to bring unconditional love in ourselves to the world? And this was his answer. Be around and involved in suffering. Receive suffering. Recognize the suffering, decharge the suffering, then there is unconditional love. So to go through that pain, to be around that pain, be involved in that pain, and digest and decharge that pain, then there's no more pain left. There is only true love left. That's it. So I want to leave you uh, with six simple things, simple expressions that you or anyone you know can offer or consider offering to someone who is in a terminal experience. These six expressions are Thank you. I love you. I won't forget you. I forgive you. Please forgive me. I wish you peace. And I wish each one of you peace. And I thank you for joining me today for this second installment in The podcast series, The Transformative Power of Grief. The blessing of being present to the dying. And I look forward to coming together with you again for our next installment. Namaste. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste.